LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Group Answers Podcast, a weekly show designed to resource, train, and encourage small group leaders. Each episode considers current trends and resources, as well as timeless truths and methods of discipleship. It's hosted by Brian Daniel and Chris Surratt. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Group Answers Podcast. I'm Brian Daniel, and as always, Chris Surratt. Chris, hey. welcome back. It feels like we've been on hiatus for a little while. Well, I guess, no, it, this would, is, you, would you call this the fall sweeps? Yeah, this, the fall sweeps? this is the fall sweeps. I'd say this is our... Uh, <laughs> Our, our 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 season for uh making it or, or not making it no we no we've we've had a couple in a row so we're doing well we're doing really well so but it's good to see you the leaves are changing it's a beautiful time of the year and also a great time to uh to talk groups and discipleship it's a great time to talk groups and discipleship and with baseball season being officially over for both of us yep makes it even better yep Dodgers and Cardinals took early outs. So <laughs> so we are happy today to welcome our guest, Matt and Allison Willis. If we had an applause button, we would certainly push it right here. Welcome to the show, Matt and Allison. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Let me tell our uh, listeners a little bit about Matt and Allison. They um, have written and edited published works uh, through their full-time ministry. Matt has co-authored Learning to Soar, How to Grow Through Transitions and Trials in 2009 with his granddad, Avery Willis, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, in a little bit. While serving as missionaries for seven years in South Asia with their three children, Allison has also uh, written a simplified version of Be Transformed, Discovering Biblical Solutions to Life's Problems, which she helped translate into Hindi and Nepali versions. They've led multiple small groups through the original Master Life material and live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where Matt serves as an associate pastor of missions and evangelism at Calvary Baptist Church. And we're going to talk about the latest version of Master Life. Yes, we are a master life together. A discipleship experience for small group is, uh, small groups is now available. And I just want to ask two languages that you have helped translate, Allison, are Hindi and did you say Chris? Nepali. Nepali. Yeah. Or Napoli. However you say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to ask, have you guys spent time in uh, Nepal? We have, we have, we um, do not know okay. Nepali, but we do know uh, Hindi. So, yeah. Well, I have to. I I am not an extensive out of the country traveler, but out of the places that I have been, Canada is one of them. And Nepal is one of them. So there's probably not a lot of people that can say that those are the only two places they've been, but <laughs> that is a, that is a, uh, that is a really interesting place. We spent, I guess three or four days in Kathmandu yep. and another four to six days up in the Himalayans. And it was, mm -hmm. it was life changing. So that's, that's really cool to hear. Yes. So master life together. Let me ask you guys first. Um, 
How is this different from the master life that so many of us are aware of and has been around for decades now and is one of the more popular discipleship resources? Dare I say, uh, not just popular, popular, but one of the, I guess, forerunners to the modern day discipleship approach to discipleship for a lot of churches. How is Master Life Together different from the, the, the classic version? Yeah, so it's a simplified revision. It's a shorter process. Uh, Allison and I led some people through Master Life in its original content, and I'm thankful that some of those went on to disciple other people using the Master Life material. But there were some others who said, I love this, but I don't know of other people who are willing to commit this much time and energy to go through this long process because the original was 28 weeks if you didn't take a break for Christmas or things like that. So it ended up being about seven months where this one is three to four months. The reason I say three to four months is because it's a minimum of 12 weeks of five days a week guided quiet time material um, within a few weeks of recommended sessions that doesn't have the day-to-day, but it's something practical. That's something similar to the original Master Life where there would be a prayer workshop for a week or it'd be uh, practice sharing the gospel. One week we've added in has been uh, going and sharing the gospel with your disciples. So not just practicing it, doing it as well. Um, you know, we've seen this as an experience, which uh, Master Life original was as well. One of the things that we added in was foot washing, uh, following that on the week where we do Christ-centered community. So having that experience, that's a first-time experience for a lot of people. Even though Jesus said multiple times in John 13, you're going to be blessed if you do this. Most Christians haven't. Another thing that makes it unique is, you know, the original material was four separate books and then another book as a leader's guide. And we just put it all together. So it's one book with a leader's guide at the back just to make it more easily, you know, reproducible and, you know, just feels more doable to do one book rather than, oh, okay, I got one out of four books finished. Now I got to move on to the next one. So. Yeah, I was just going to say, I would say this is something that we've been talking about for not a little time about taking some of these classic discipleship resources that were made for a different time and frankly, a different church context and making them a little bit more, if not a lot more like palatable or accessible might be the better word. And so Master Life Together is one of the first one of these that we've done. So really excited to make this really, it doesn't change anything. The classic is still available, but now if there are those commitment kinds of things that are and can be a barrier for today's groups, this is something that's been created for just that occasion. So really happy to have it available. Yeah. I use uh, pieces of the original master life in uh, some of my training still to this day. So very applicable. I want to ask you, uh, specifically, Matt, and we mentioned in your intro how your grandfather was Avery Willis, and he's a giant in the faith to a lot of people. What did you learn from him specifically? Well, being his oldest grandchild, I got to do some ministry with him, not just see him as granddad as a kid, but do some ministry with him as well. Uh, he took me when I was a senior in high school to Cuba to do a master life training all week with pastors and church planters. And um, 
well, he just modeled a, a personal devotion with Christ uh, that was just so high of integrity. Like, I remember when we'd be there in Cuba sharing a room, like every night he'd get down and kneel, you know, and pray. And I was like, wow, this is just the humility and that daily time with the Lord. You know, there's no substitute for that. Um, I also learned uh, just great vision from him. I mean, he is quite a visionary. He is always thinking bigger and dreaming big. Uh, I'm getting kind of emotional, you know, thinking of him. Uh, he passed away 11 years ago and just uh, one of my personal heroes of the faith as well. Um, Tom Ellis. Uh, preached his funeral and they were really good friends. And Tom Mellon did a little twist on the story of uh, Joseph uh, saying, I think, you know, when Avery was entering heaven, they said, look, here comes the dreamer. <laughs> That's great. He was uh, my, I think when I came to the board, he had already, he had already left. That would have been 1998. But uh, he was, it was recent enough that he came back several times. And at the time he was one of those guys that was, uh, he was among the most respected, but the three that kind of fit are Henry Blackaby, T.W. Hunt and Avery Willis. For me, they went hand in hand as the, in some ways, the fathers of modern day discipleship, at least what I knew to be discipleship. So there's quite a bit of legacy there that you guys have extended. Well, they were really good friends, too. And, um, you know, Avery was the one mm -hmm. that I think first mentioned that to, to Henry, you know, to consider writing, you know, the, uh, experiencing God. Yeah, because so, he heard yeah. him talking about it. And he was like, you need to write this down. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, I don't know if funny is the right word, but just to think that someone to Henry Blacker said, hey, have you have you thought about maybe writing that down? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, Master Life Together, what, so tell us what your hopes for this study are. This is something that's been, um, it's been on your minds for some time. This is not something that's just like an old, by the way, it was something that you guys worked through. You actually did some testing with some groups there at the church before you ever, uh, committed it to, uh, to a more f formal publishing arrangement. And you went through it more than once with people and people, I would, I think as you and I have talked, they've been people that were close to you, uh, maybe in your own group. And then you extended it out with people that were maybe outside of that uh, original circle. So there's not a lot of things that come to us, uh, these days that are as tested as this is. So you come into this knowing, like from early on, what worked, what didn't, what you had to fix uh, without losing sight of the original vision. So now here we are. It's available. Uh, you can uh, this is available to groups now. And um, you've been living with this content now for a while. Um, what are your hopes for experiencing God together as we look to the future? Well, Brian, we do want to thank you for being the one who made it possible because you were the first one we had the conversation with, uh, with Lifeway to say, Hey, would you guys consider this? And we were just very pleased that from the beginning you, you said, yeah, let, let's do this. Um, so it's hard to compare this with the original of like, how, what would the Lord do here? Uh, and I, I don't want to be guilty of too little faith in my hope, you know, for what can be done here. 
when I looked back at the record of how many people have gone through Master Life, it's hard to determine how many people have been discipled through it. And part of the reason is because over the last 40 years, people have gone through it in over 65 languages. So I think no one but God knows how many people have gone through it in all those languages, which I think is exactly how my granddad would have wanted it. Um, but in English and Spanish alone, it was over 333,000 copies. So I've told some people, oh, I wish the Lord would do half of, you know, what he did there. But if he exceeds it, boy, that would be great. Um, and I would love to see um, disciples who are making disciples. We have this mission's heart, having served as missionaries in South Asia as well, knowing the thrust of the Great Commission is to make disciples of all nations. Uh, yes, we want to see it happen in the United States, but we also want to see it happen, get translated uh, in other languages and being used around the world. By it being a, a simpler process, we do hope that it's more reproducible. And uh, yes, we've seen it, the original reproduced, but we're already starting to see the new material reproduce as well. And so hopefully we're going to see even greater generational growth with this. Yeah, we want to see uh, disciples who are all in, who are fully committed to following Jesus, not just with, you know, the spiritual side of them or part of them, but with their whole being, you know, with their with their physical body, with their emotions, with their mind, with their will, with their thoughts, with their desires um, in their spirit, you know, and, and that's really what this material is about is um, experiencing Jesus in all those places in, in our being and learning how to, to really follow him, you know, holistically as a disciple. I want to follow up on that, uh, Allison, because in this, you talk about, you said the disciples' emotions and the disciples' physical bodies, why are, do you think these are over, why, why are these overlooked elements of discipleship? Why are they important? Well, they're so important because, you know, so much of our lives are consumed by our bodies and by what we're feeling. I mean, that's just a huge part of our day-to-day -day experience. And so if we are disconnecting that from our relationship with Jesus, we're just missing out on so much. Um, so we really are talking about, you know, what does it look like for your emotions to be um, messengers and, and points of connection between you and Jesus? You know, what can that look like? And what does it look like to, you know, biblically really honor Jesus with the way that we take care of our physical bodies, the way that we view ourselves, the way that we um, you know, project our image to other people, you know, so, uh, and these are things that, that we're just really passionate about. I'm, I happen to be a registered dietitian. Um, and so, you know, I've just seen, um, seen a lot that, that, that there's such a disconnect um, in a lot of believers lives between, um, you know, their, their relationship with the Lord and with the rest of their life, you know, and so we're just trying to, to bring those two, together as comprehensive and holistic as we can make it in a short period of time we've tried that basically will at least touch on every category in life and through a lot of 
self-discovery, prayerful Bible study to answer some of these hard questions, to not leave any stone unturned for a disciple. That's our hope that at the end of this, people go, wow, like there was no part of me that I kept hidden or untouched from the Lord. Yeah, we talk about, you know, following Jesus, loving him with your, you know, sexuality, with your gender, you know, what does that look like? Which are topics that we feel like are extremely relevant for, you know, disciples today. So we probably accentuated a little more in this material than the original did 40 years ago, as you could imagine. That's what I was going to ask. It feels like to me, and um, and just as I have uh, interacted with you guys and talked with the team as they've developed the content, worked with you to curate this message, it feels like just given where we are today, there is um, – we're in – I guess every generation would say we're in unprecedented times, and they would be right. But it just feels like that there is a level of of disconnected connectedness that leaves a, a significant gap in the human experience as we were called to live. Um, I've been spending a lot of times in Romans, a lot of time in Romans using my quiet time. And in Romans 1, Paul really gets into this idea of suppressing the truth and what that leads to. And uh, Allison, you talked about the sexual, uh, the, the, the sexual side of this and, and that part of our lives. It feels like Master Life together with the uh, the the exercises and the activities, it's a lot more tactile and a lot more applicable at different levels than um, than maybe a typical discipleship resource would be. Right. So that's one of the intents here is that this is uh, something that you can immediately put into play with today's issues. It's maybe in some ways I would say it's a difference between being timeless and timely. Biblical truth is timeless. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm about to say now might be the most profound thing for some listeners because it's a paradigm shift. I think so much of what we call discipleship isn't real discipleship because it's really knowledge-based. So much of it is, I learned another book, I learned another book, I listened to another thing, and whether it be a sermon, podcast, whatever. And it's all this knowledge. And then we're not called to do anything with it. Um, When we were missionaries in South Asia, they talked about obedience-based discipleship, which I think is an improvement. Uh, There's so many verses that we could look at. James 1, 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Um, But we make a point in this material that the highest thing is love-based discipleship. Uh, three times in John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so we have scripture memory uh, every week in this material, just like the original did. And we start out with the most important command. If you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, that's going to take care of all of the other things. So let's follow up on the mission experience. So those experiences, how did how did that inform your approach to discipleship and approach to this resource specifically? Well, before we moved overseas, I was blessed to be discipled by some people with navigators and their paradigm, I would say is the ideal is one-on-one discipleship. And I think that that is valuable and important. But when we moved to South Asia, they are a much more collective society and 
you'll see that across Asia and Middle East and other places where the Bible is written in the Middle East. And I realized living in a collective society that Jesus discipled in small groups. I mean, yeah, we liked when he talked one-on-one with someone, but that was the minority of how he spent his time. He really spent it in a small group. And there's just a unique dynamic that happens when you have multiple people involved, and it's not just the two people. Now, I also don't think it needs to be a huge group. I think that's maybe going to be a challenge for some people who are considering going through this material that are a really huge group. I mean, we have groups in our church that are a hundred people. I'm like, well, I don't think a hundred people should be trying to go through this all as one leader, you know, one group and one leader, because not everyone can talk. I mean, we, we want this to be a conversation and a discussion, not a lecture when they come together. Um, but I would love for them to break up into 10 or more small groups with 10 different leaders in the material. So just really committed to small group discipleship, I think, was a, a shift for me. Yeah, and in that context, I mean, you're you're truly learning from each other. You're It's not one person teaching. It's you are learning from the Holy Spirit working in each person's life and coming to the table together and saying, hey, this is what... I experienced this week with the Holy Spirit. This is what I learned, you know, and there's just so much synergy and accountability that happens in that context. And that's what we really get excited about. So we'll have a lot of group leaders that may consider this for the first time. Maybe they didn't do the original or not aware of the original. And I think it might, might work for uh, their group. And you've already mentioned that one of your tips would be smaller groups instead of larger groups. Um, What's maybe a couple of other tips for leaders to get the most out of this resource as they consider doing this with their group? Well, I think uh, communicating clear expectations on the front end is important. This could be done with a new group or an existing group. Um, But if it's done within an existing group, I think groups that we've been a part of, sometimes the ask during the week is pretty low in what we're asking people to be doing. And this will raise the bar uh, temporarily, if not permanently, some shift for them so that a lot of groups, right, you just come together uh, once a week. But this is asking you to spend five days a week. It actually has scriptures that we would recommend is optional on day six and day seven, uh, but just so much material to go through in the week um, and just deep questions that, and, and memorizing the verse every week. So there's just a lot that goes into that. And so the original material had a, a covenant and we decided to not put a covenant in there, but I think it's still important to communicate expectations on the front end that says, Hey, you're going to get out of this, what you put into it. And so you've got a lot to gain by investing heavily here. Yeah. And it takes about, I would say 15 to 20 minutes a day to, you know, read through the passage in the word and then to read the content and answer a few questions. So, you know, you're looking about for that kind of commitment um, each, you know, five times a week. So, so just one last question. This is about uh, what it looks like to follow Jesus holistically. Um, I would ask you guys, Matt and Allison, 
in ways that this experience is different from other resources along those lines. Uh, Allison, you referenced the fact that you're a dietitian and uh, some of that wisdom makes its way into this, uh, the application. But as you guys have gone through this process and now you're on the other side and, you know, we like to talk in terms of the resource being released to the wild now. Um, how, um, what does it look like to follow Jesus holistically in accordance with Master Life together? Well, the way that we define discipleship in the book is that it's a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ that's experienced in a lifelong journey of obedience. Now, the results of that is that as we follow Christ, he transforms us to be like him. He changes your values to kingdom values, and he involves you in his mission and uh, your home, church, and the world. And so as his disciple, you will progressively know him more deeply, obey him more quickly, reflect him more accurately, and invite others into his kingdom more regularly. And I think, um, you know, something that has really informed this material for us and this this um, discipleship experience just has been a lot of, you know, searching our own hearts um, with the help of, you know, biblical counselors through the years, um, having to, you know, experience some some suffering and some loss, you know, and, and going through those things has really, um, I think, allowed us to peel those layers of our hearts back and to see, okay, how how do we trust Jesus in all these parts of us, in all these places? So that's our hope for um, those who would go through this material, that they would be able to experience that as well. Chris, it looks like it's uh, demanding in all the best ways, is what I would say. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and uh, I, you know, the expectations part is is key. And I talk about having a covenant with groups anyway, just, uh, just to have a covenant is important. And so they know expectations up front. But I like having a resource that, you know, specifically, you have to buy into this. You need to uh, bring your whole self to the study. Uh, you need to commit to the group. And I think that's what's going to help uh, groups you know, continue and get through the studies if everyone buys into it. And I think that's important. That's lifeway.com slash masterlife or lifeway.com slash masterlife together. As always, we appreciate Matt and Allison for being with us. And we'll see you on down the road.